from the parking lot. To the tunnel. Check it out. Have fun. Unleash. Let's go. To the 50-yard line. On the field. This is your field pass with DCI's Dan Potter. This is your field pass for March 2018. Coming up, the field pass goes in-depth with Drum Corps International's new artistic director, Lee Carlson, about DCI's future. I think we're at a pivotal point right now. And the challenges we face. The judges have to judge avocados to Volkswagens. Mm -hmm. We'll find out what gives Lee goosebumps. The vintage moment that hooked him. It made an impression that has never gone away. The modern era show he calls brilliant. And why he's now taking on one of the toughest jobs in drum corps. What this activity did for me, I want for all of the performers on the field. DCI Artistic Director Lee Carlson, this time on The Field Pass. This is your Field Pass. Here's Dan Potter. This summer marks a changing of the guard in drum corps. This will be the first season since Lee Carlson succeeded Michael Cesario as DCI's artistic director. That word director is kind of a misnomer. It always has been. It's never been a job where you directed or commanded anybody to do anything. Under Michael, the job title might more correctly have been along the lines of artistic encourager or cajoler, sometimes nudge. Nonetheless, Michael's guidance of the drum corps creative process and his supervision of how the product was judged during the season, they've had a real impact on the direction this activity has taken in the past five years. So the role of artistic director is not to be taken lightly, and I thought it was worth our time to really get to know the new guy. Consequently, I've had two in-depth discussions with Lee Carlson recently. The one you'll hear first was recorded in person at the winter meetings in the DCI Rules Congress in early January in Indianapolis. The second was just last week with Lee speaking to me by phone from his home in Palm Springs, California. And I think finding out about Lee's drum corps background is probably as good a place as any to start. I marched years ago and then I started teaching. I taught Blue Knights when I was in college at Colorado and transitioned into Kansas and taught both Argonne Rebels and Skyriders. Mm. Then I moved to Southern California, taught in high school for 18 years at Indio High School, and I have been at the University of Southern California for 35 years. So I've been writing the drill, and at the beginning of that part, I taught the color guard too, but for the last 10 years, I've just written the drill. The drill writer for the USC Trojan Band, that's just cool in and of itself, I think. <laughs> I love that. What, what keeps you in this activity? What this activity did for me as a child. It transformed me from someone that was somewhat shy and made me realize that everyone has worth. What this activity did for me, I want to see that for all of the performers on the field. Lee Carlson has been a DCI visual and color guard judge for 17 years and has judged world championship finals 10 times. But like all judges, he's a fan first, something he's carried with him into this new job. Lee acknowledges that filling Michael Cesario's shoes is no easy task, but it's been made easier by Michael's hard work in that role. I think he did an amazing job in the five years that he did that um, officially. He's left it in great shape. The chorus have improved incredibly in the last and stepped out of their box in the last five years. Much of that has to do with Michael. It used to be we judged apples and oranges, and right now the judges have to judge avocados to Volkswagens. <laughs> I mean, there's so much diversity within the, uh, the entire from top to bottom, and I think that's the impact of Michael. 
he, he wanted that to happen. The other couple of things he wanted was entertainment. That's important. We have to be in an entertainment situation for a family to come and have a wonderful night listening to these performers. That was Michael's vision, and, and I can tell by your tone that it's part of your vision as well. What's the rest of your vision? I think we're at a pivotal point right now. Because of the way the cores have advanced and become their own entities, we have to figure out a way to adjudicate it. And we, the current system we have came in in 2000. And I think there's a need now in the next couple of years to figure out a better way to give the kids the credit for what they're doing and understand what they're doing and how how do we reward that and how do we make the news a new system work and that started a little bit at the rules congress and that's one of the things i'm going to be pushing over the next couple of years is to figure out exactly how to to make that more uh in line with what we're seeing i know michael was very engaged with program coordinators and designers at individual cores and was kind of talking to them throughout the spring leading up to the summer about their shows, about their concepts. Do you intend to be that involved with the individual cores as well? Absolutely. That's part of the job. Yeah. Um, I've talked to several, reached out to everyone, and the response has been very, very positive at this point. So I'm excited about being able to, to look at a show and say, well, that's going to work. That's going to be great. Maybe you should look at it from this side, which is what Michael did, is he never would say this is good or this is, or this is great, this is bad, but he said, that's fine, let's look at it from this point. So he guided them, and I, I hope to be able to do the same thing. Well, let's find out a little bit about your taste then. Um, in the 45-year history of Drum Corps International, what are some of the shows that have moved you? Um, to be honest with you, as a marching member, the first thing that blew me away visually was uh, the Trooper Sunburst. Mm -hmm. It was, it made an impression that has never gone away. Um, I think if I had to pick out a show that I thought was the most artistically connected show, it would be Blue Devil's Fellini show. I, I think they delved into that, that genre and that understanding of how he directed and how he communicated. I think that was a, a brilliant, uh, creative endeavor. How do you define, and I, I know there's a sheet that defines what general effect is, but what's general effect to Lee Carlson? Um, to me, a lot of it is visceral. Um, I, if it happens, and I'm judging, I, I tell the performers goosebumps. Um, there's got to be an emotional quality to it. There's got to be an intellectual quality to it. There has to be something in it where it is, it's just beautiful. It's just the colors all work so that you get the um, expressive range from high intensity to soft and beautiful. So it, it has to have uh, an arc to the show, and there has to be a variety of ways they're creating effect. Do you think overall this activity is headed in the right direction right now? Right now, absolutely. Um, they, there's more opportunities for kids to become the performers that they see on the field. And I think the, the more um, there's cores coming up that are making incredible strides, and I'm hoping to see all of that evolve and develop within the next two or three years. DCI Artistic Director Lee Carlson recorded at the Winter Meetings and Rules Congress back on January 6th. 
Since a couple of months have passed, and we're now just over three months from the step-off of the new season, I thought it would be good to have one more chat with Lee for this show to cover some of the topics we didn't have time for in Indy, or that I didn't think of, honestly. Uh, By the way, the Dan that Lee mentions in a moment is DCI Executive Director Dan Atchison. What are you doing this time of year? What are you doing, March? Well, we're still in the process of finishing up after the uh, Rules Congress. We put the sheet together. The task force has been on course on that and done a great job of uh, wordsmithing it, along with uh, Gary Markham and George Oliviero and John Phillips has put that together. And we submitted the sheet last week, and that will be going out to the director's very soon if it hasn't already gone out to them. And this sheet you're talking uh, about is the Music Analysis 2 sheet? Right, with the percussion emphasis. Right. There's been a lot of discussion about exactly how do we train for this and how do we make sure that it's implemented the way that it's intended to be implemented. So it's just been a matter of working with that. And then uh, Dan put together a sound uh, reinforcement advisory group. And there's been a couple of uh, conference calls on that. We've got another one later on this month. Can you share any of uh, what they've talked about or, or, you know, what? Well, first of all, Dan put together a very smart group of people that know the industry in and out. And they're working on details on how to make it um, compatible for everybody. And even playing field, I wouldn't say that that's really what we could talk about it, but it will be compatible and available um, to everybody, the information and what we need. They're talking about putting together some uh, video clips on the techniques and the, the technology that is used to make it work, to make it uh, make the sound reinforcement an added plus to what we do as drum corps without overwhelming the audience. And the thing that's great about it is these people are from many different cores and they're cooperating and they want to make it right for everybody. It's not a matter of it's the same attitude that we came out of the, uh, the Rules Congress with. And it's exciting that there is collaboration between people and saying this is that and or I think this would work better and that type of thing. So it's been that's been really good. When you look back at the winter meetings and, and uh, the Rules Congress overall, how do you think it went? I thought it went very well. I thought there was a lot of the beginning of transparency that we haven't had up until now. And it's a matter of I don't I don't think the the judges understood that. All of the papers that we have, the support papers, or that they have, the support papers for the uh, philosophy behind the sheets were available to all the judges, and it was just a matter of uh, they should be available to all the cores, and that wasn't the case. It is now, and it was just a matter of uh, transparency, and it wasn't done on an evil you know, mission or anything. It was just we had never done that before, so... That's been a, a, a nice outcome from that. And I think com- camaraderie in the room, too, too, both the visual and the music people seem to um, want to be there to make things better for everybody, for the activity, and let that trickle down to all of the course. So I, I was very pleased with the way it came out. And I've talked to several people, too, that feel that it's, it's a great, great start to um, getting the transparency and everybody helping each other be as good as they can be. Since Lee told me in January that part of the job was going to be monitoring and encouraging the show design of the individual cores, I wanted to know how that was going. It depends on the cores. Some of them I haven't heard from. I've reached out to them and offered, but I haven't heard from them. And others, I, I understand the storyboard from the beginning to the end. And we've talked about, you know, this act works this way and connects to this 
uh, moment and, and makes this, you know, this is the motivation for the third act. And this is how this is put together. And, and so it's been very interesting to see the different ways that the cores are um, approaching. And uh, there's some cores, I, I haven't talked to anybody that says, go ahead and tell people. So everything has been kind of in uh, confidence. And I, I certainly respect that. But I can tell you that it's really diverse. And it's exciting to see some of the approaches. And I think what's happened in the past where um, Michael C. did such a great job about making sure that the personalities of the cores came through and that if there was an eight-core show, nobody looked alike. And I think that's going to continue. One of the best things that Michael did in his tenure was to, to start this activity in that direction so that uh, you could bring your Aunt Pat and she wouldn't think all eight of them looked alike. There are some that, that may see some creeping homogenization, and, and let me explain what I mean. Uh, right now we're in the middle of the indoor pageantry season, and there is no denying that our two worlds, DCI and WGI, they, they overlap. Some critics say that the indoor activity may be having more of an impact on drum corps than the other way around right now. I, I wondered if you agree with that. I think part of it is the fact that many of the, the drum corps people are involved in the WGI process. Uh, creativity feeds creativity. And yeah, there are some things that look alike, but I, I, I think that's just enhanced what we do and strengthens the diversity and, and strengthens the entertainment value. And I think that's a good marriage, to be honest with you. I don't think it's, you know, both are, are moving creatively and artistically in one, you know, in, in the direction of let's experiment, let's see what, what we can do. And I think that's a, a, a good process. DCI Artistic Director Lee Carlson. Next month on the Field Pass, Drum Corps International Executive Director Dan Atchison breaks down the summer tour for us. We'll hear from this season's crop of DCI drum majors at the Leadership Summit and find out about DCI's women's initiative called In Step. Thanks to Lee Carlson, along with DCI's Jeff Hardowitz and Chris Weber for their help in putting together this Field Pass. Our theme music is by Mark Higginbotham. I'm Dan Potter, back next month with another Field Pass.